The following podcast contains explicit language. Rejuvenated buttholes. Welcome to America. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives. I'm Maureen O'Connor and this week we are talking about cosmetic procedures to intimate parts of the body, both in the surgical suite and in a sub-zero chamber. With me in studio today is a writer who cryonically froze his dick recently <laughs> for journalism, for science, just to see what the hell would happen. And that is the writer Brian Moylan. Hey, Brian. Hi, Maureen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. My penis is thawed. So that's good. Um, so Brian is going to be telling us about that. You're also going to be telling us about an article you recently wrote about Anal rejuvenation? Anal rejuvenation, yes. I did not have my anus rejuvenated, unfortunately. But, but you talked um, to people who did. Yes, um, and doctors that perform it. Let's start with freezing your dick, which is something you did for Men's Health magazine. Yes. What the hell, Brian? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, a few weeks ago, like a month ago, there were all these stories about this place in the UK where they do this quote-unquote love mist where it's like they f- use sub-zero air to like freeze your genitals so i wanted to do that to see if it worked and they say it's supposed to help your erections and have better orgasms and all this stuff and not that i need any help in either department but i was curious for as the to, record like, right <laughs> i was curious wow as to what would happen when you you know freeze your dick so um so I wanted to do it, but there wasn't any place in the U.S. that does this yet. So mm-hmm. I went with whole body cryotherapy, which there are a handful of places here in Manhattan that do it. What is that exactly? So it's this big tank and you stand in it up to your shoulders and they blast uh, liquid nitrogen into it. And it gets to be about negative 140 degrees Fahrenheit. And you stand there for three minutes. and Yeah, it's supposed to do all of these things to your body and proponents of it think that it boosts the immune system and increases your performance athletically and helps with aches and pains and joints and all this other stuff. So it is wild to me when I read your article that I had read articles about people doing cryotherapy before and somehow nobody ever mentioned what happens to a penis in those circumstances, how intense the shrinkage would be in that coldness. And I don't know if the rest of the world is negligent on reporting what happens when they are in cryotherapy. The first time I saw it was on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, and really? Yeah. Yolanda Foster went to get the cryotherapy to help her Lyme's disease. And, I w- and the first thing I thought when doing that was, oh, my God, imagine if you had a penis and you did it. So I had been thinking about it. And then these articles came out. And I was like, all right, it's time to do some research. So, yeah. So I went in. and Where did you do it? When did I do it? Where? Um, there are two places in New York. One is called Cryo Life, and one is called NYC Cryo. And mm-hmm. I did it at both places multiple times. And you're usually supposed to wear your underwear, but once I cheated, and I didn't wear my underwear because <laughs> I was you like, "You're living on the edge." Brian. I know. I was like, oh, "Let's see what happens." I mean, it can't be that bad. <laughs> and it, it was like my third time, so I kind of knew about what to expect um commando in the cryo chamber yeah and you know it 
It did exactly what you would think it would do. It really shrunk it considerably. So, um, I, <laughs> just tell me what the ex- whole body experience is in addition to the dick experience. Like, so you do you walk into the chamber? You you like stand in the chamber and it goes up and down so it can adjust for your height. So you get lowered in, but your head stays above. Your head stays above, and you stand there and they close the door and then you just stand there for three minutes and it is the longest three minutes of your entire life. All you can think about is not dying and how freezing cold you are. And when it first starts, it feels sort of like a large dog is sitting on your chest. Like your chest gets really tight and it's hard to breathe. And you're... How could this possibly be safe? (laughs) I mean, it's totally safe, even though it... Your body thinks it's dying is essentially (laughs) what makes it work. Um, and so you think that you're dying and you, you're like, oh my God, I can't make it three minutes, but you can't breathe. Do you, I mean, is your body shaking? No, but you kind of reflexively move around a bit and you touch your arms and it doesn't hurt necessarily, but the feelings are very intense and all you can feel, especially in your legs and your thighs, because the cold air goes to the bottom of the tank. So you feel it more and your lower extremities. And so it's just super cold, and you get intense goosebumps everywhere. And so the technician usually speaks to you to distract you a bit, so it's not so bad. But then near the end, uh, it's like the longest 30 seconds, and usually the technician will count it down. And it's kind of like if you work out uh, holding a plank, where you just have to force yourself to do it for as long as possible through intense physical discomfort. Why would anyone do this? Um, It's supposed to have all sorts of benefits. So immediately afterwards, you get out, and once your body realizes it's not dying, you get this endorphin rush. And so you feel fantastic. It's almost like drinking too much coffee where you're kind of buzzy and jittery and... uh, you know, your mood feels great. And I went once, I had a really bad headache and it totally took that away. And you just feel fantastic for the rest of the day. And then that night, the technician told me that you're going to sleep really well. And so that night, I before I went to bed, I was like, I'm not really tired. But then um, I slept like the dead and I slept through the alarms. I <laughs> like... It was some of the best sleep of my life. So, I mean, it's really good. It feels really good uh, afterwards. Your body's like, I thought I was dead today. Now I but now I'm alive during sleep. Yes. And now it's like you're just walking around singing Iggy Pop's Lust for Life all day. <laughs> That's kind of, you know, what it feels like. Some of the people who I talked to that are big fans of this have had hip replacements, knee replacements, chronic injuries. They're athletes, mm-hmm. things like that. It's supposed to help all those things and help with healing. And those are the people that are really big advocates for cryotherapy in general. So what did it do to your dick? I mean, exactly what you would think it would do. It made it tiny. (laughs) Like how much tinier? So I, like a dutiful journalist, I (laughs) measured. Oh my gosh, you're so... <laughs> you've you've got to get the facts straight. I mean, absolutely. We got to report back. So I measured flaccid length. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say also for the record, I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> However, um, I lost a full inch of like flaccid length. 
Um, and I mean, you know, it's not like I have tons of inches to lose. So it was a considerable <laughs> amount. So wait, was there a moment when you're like, oh shit, is this permanent? Uh, no, no. Like I knew it would go away just like anything. But what's alarming is that usually when you're in a cold room or you're outside in the cold, you're like skiing or whatever, um, you know, and you feel it get really tight. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get into a warm place, it kind of goes away or, yeah, or you don't think about it. But the cold is so deep that even, you know, after I put my clothes on, walk to the subway, you're on the subway ride home. It's like half an hour later and you still just feel cold, like all over your body. And so, and it's like the same thing in your dick. It's just like cold and it's a little obstinate to go back to its former glory, as it were. But, I hate feeling cold. I hate feeling cold, too, which is odd that I enjoyed this so much, actually. Are you going to do this willingly now on your own? I mean, I would. Um, so I also did uh, at CryoLife, they do spot treatments. So if uh-huh. you have a bad elbow or bad knee or whatever, you can go and just get that area treated. Would and- they just do your dick, if you ask? Um, I kind of was asking around it and they were like, oh, we don't do that. Cause I asked them about, <laughs> we don't play that way. Brian. Right. I asked them about these articles about yeah. the whatever. And they were like, yeah, that's, you know, silly. And that doesn't really do anything and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, fine. But they gave me a, uh, cryotherapy facial and it's supposed oh. to, um, promote collagen growth and it sort of restricts all the blood vessels in your face. And then when blood rushes in, it's supposed to bring all these nutrients to it and make it better. How does it not just freeze your eyeballs or something? So what they do is, and I assume this is similar to what they must do with penises, is that they can't leave it in one place for a long time or else you'll get frostbite. So it's kind of like a vacuum hose uh, and at the end, there's a nozzle and the opening's about the size of a quarter and they move it all around your face. So they're like spraying. I mean, it's like they're using a blow dryer. Yeah. But instead of hot air, it's freezing cold. And they, they move it around. Yeah, absolutely. So they <sighs> never stay in the same place for a while. And just like cryotherapy, at first it feels awful, especially like you said, when it's on your eyeballs, it's it hurts and makes your eyes tear. But then after about a minute, and they do this for five minutes. After about a minute, it just feels amazing. Like you have the cold wind in your hair and, (sighs) you know, it feels great. And according to the technician, she sees a lot of surly people on Sunday mornings getting this done. Oh. Because it helps with with the hangovers. I recall once this dashing Frenchman was like, oh, the best hangover cure in the world is skiing down the Swiss Alps. Yeah. This is your, your little Manhattan version of it. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't really pay much attention to my skin or any beauty regimen. But I will say I got two unprompted comments that evening about how good I looked and that I mm. looked like I was glowing. How do you prevent like icicles from forming on your mustache or your balls? <laughs> There have been some reported cases of injury with uh, cryotherapy, and it usually has to do with people either wearing wet socks or things being (gasps) wet. So they're really uh, adamant about everything being dry and making sure your underwear is dry and that the whole area is... The body just naturally 
some part of you is going to be wet at some point. Yeah, I think a little bit, but... Um, like, if your body thinks it's dying, wouldn't you just pee yourself? <laughs> no, it's not that bad because... <laughs> what happens if you pee in the cryo chamber? Because your body thinks that you're dying. And your dick dying. does become an icicle. I mean, that would be awful. A woman died in Colorado doing cryotherapy. Oh, my God. And I think it was Colorado. Uh, it might, might have been Nevada. But she was a cryotherapist. And it was a whole body oh, chamber, no. so it was closed. And she was doing it after hours by herself. And oh. um, they found her in the morning dead. And they believe that she went in and she had her cell phone and she dropped her cell <gasps> phone. And when you and she bent down to pick it up where all the cold air no. and the nitrogen is. And that made her pass out. And so she passed out in the cryo chamber and died. Well, that's completely insane. <laughs> and... On a different note, yes, you just today published an article entitled Anal Rejuvenation is Making Works of Art Out of American Butts, published in Vice. Yes. I need you to actually explain the logistics again to me. And I think it's because I don't have enough understanding of buttholes in general because I don't look at them a ton (laughs) and like they're functioning that every single thing that that article had in it was something that I didn't even know could happen to a butthole. <laughs> yes, there are lots of butthole dangers out there. So it's especially popular for gay men, obviously. And by anal rejuvenation, you mean a sort of suite of different procedures one yes. can perform on one's butthole. I mean, are there just people that are just anal rejuvenation experts and they do all of the above? So I talked to a doctor here in New York. He has offices here in New York and in L.A. And he said 90% of his practice is sort of anal rejuvenation type services. And that can include anything from removing skin tags, anal warts, hemorrhoids, um, tightening for people that feel like they've gotten loose or loosening for people who think that they're too tight and want to try more like anal sex in the region. Um, and there are all sorts of other things that can happen, including uh, fissures, which are like tears, or Ugh. fistulas, which are kind of like abscesses Ugh. in the area, and or loose skin, things like that. And so I think that if you're practicing receptive anal sex or bottoming, as it were, very often <laughs> these things have a more likeliness to occur. And there are also some that treat discoloration um, or will resurface it so it's smoother, I guess as smooth as your puckered butthole can get. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so there are a bunch of different procedures. So, um, and there's kind of the surgical method. And then there's some people that are using lasers, which is similar to the way they use lasers for vaginal rejuvenation, where it's a probe that goes in and there are lasers and it tightens the tissues around there. The lasers shoot all over. Yes. And Uh they use lasers to fight discoloration. So it's similar to bleaching. It's kind of like the same way they use lasers to remove tattoos or liver spots, skin discoloration. Or like acne blemishes, spots, that yeah. kind of acne scarring. Things like that. So Got that it. is a, those are entirely cosmetic procedures. Are there reasons other than sexual and cosmetic reasons? Like eating I, your poop in? I don't yeah, know. There, <laughs> this is such an intense conversation. So there, so a lot. I feel uncomfortable. I never feel uncomfortable. This I is know. making me uncomfortable. It's because you don't like to talk about poop. And I, I know. know this about you. It's and so, true. And so a lot of these procedures I found were, to, especially for tightening, 
are for people who have fecal incontinence, as they call oh, it. God. And they've sort of been reappropriated just for people who, who just... want it tighter. <laughs> and so... As all cosmetic procedures are, inevitably there was like some medical reason before all us vain perverts decided we wanted to... <laughs> right. It's like, I got to get my man happy. Yeah. Um, yes. So... So the doctors that I talked to you said that usually people come in and say, oh, I think my butthole looks gross or they have some complaint. And that complaint is usually a symptom of an underlying pathology, whether that's hemorrhoids or uh, skin tags in a warts, things like that. And so that by treating those pathologies, actually, you make it look better. And also when they remove hemorrhoids or other similar problems in the butthole that naturally makes it a bit tighter. So why uh, the way the doctor described it to me is like trivial pursuit. This is the only trivial pursuit butthole <laughs> metaphor you'll ever hear in your life. But uh, so he said, if you imagine a trivial pursuit piece and there are all the pies, if you take out like one or two pieces of the pie, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with them. And then you close it all back together again. Naturally, the circumference of it is going to It'll get shrink back up tighter. Right. And so by okay. treating these things, you make it tighter. You make it look better. You make everybody happier. You told the harrowing story of a man named Tom. Oh, yes. In this. Will you tell us a little bit about Tom's plight? Because I found it very moving. This upset me, so it's bound to upset you. So the old procedure to get rid of hemorrhoids was they would kind of excise them, and then they would do internal staples in your butthole that they would leave there for 10 months while the area healed after it was stapled back together. And Wait. then they would go... They would staple it closed? They would staple it closed and then leave the staples in your butthole. Wait, what? How do you even use your butthole if it's stapled closed? I have no idea. Or they well, staple no, the vein they staple closed. Oh, you the, mean... They staple the cut closed. Got so it. So your butthole's open, but there's a cut inside your butthole uh -huh. that is stapled together. So you... That sounds like one would not want to put a penis near that. No, certainly <laughs> not. Or, like, it seems like I wouldn't want, like, butthole staples in my butthole. <laughs> so, I mean, they just weren't considering that there are people for whom the butthole is a sexual organ. Absolutely. And I think they weren't considering, you know, how it's going to look afterwards and things like yeah. that. So now I guess what these doctors do, especially the ones that are considering how it's going to look and how to be less surgically invasive, is they kind of go in and they put... Um, super tiny elastic bands around the hemorrhoids, and um, it kind it eventually kind of closes them off and they fall off. <laughs> so, which it sounds much better than staples in my butthole. Um, so Tom's so Tom it. was a gentleman who I spoke with, and he went to a surgeon because he had some skin tags, and he was a versatile gentleman he bragged about being able to take a quote-unquote wrist-sized cock um mm -hmm. and so he had used the area 
a bit uh-huh. and went to this doctor and the doctor was much more aggressive and didn't really consider Tom's sexual health or what the outcome was going to be. And he said that the recovery was painful, that the scarring was too much and he couldn't have receptive anal sex at all anymore. It got too tight. They took out too many pieces of the pie. Ex- exactly. And so he went to uh, Dr. Goldstein is the gentleman in New York, who sort of specializes in this. Does this practice have a name? Yes, it's called Bespoke Surgical. Bespoke Surgical. Yes. That is the most elegant. (laughs) Yeah, butthole surgery (laughs) place you could ever think of. Yeah, like most other people, it's like colorectal, you know, blah, 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 but no. So he went to Bespoke and, and, you know, Dr. Goldstein helped him work through his issues. And and he went saying, listen, if I can't use it, at least make it look nice. And then Dr. Goldstein, in trying to make it look pretty, sort of helped him with his underlying pathologies. And so you can actually dilate the area to get it bigger. And he also told me that he sees a lot of gentlemen, especially older gay gentlemen, you know, your penis starts being less and less reliable Mm -hmm. the older you get. And so a lot of these gay men want to transition from being tops to being bottoms because they don't have to get hard to bottom. And But they're having difficulties with this. And so what he does to help these people is butthole Botox. What? And the so, you know, Botox, like in your face, it paralyzes the muscles. So you get Botox in your butthole to paralyze your butthole muscles just enough so that it doesn't hurt as much and makes it easier to insert something. So just uh, maybe some of the muscles, not the entire, like you right. don't want total paralysis of the butthole. Right. So it's not like your poop is just like <laughs> oh squirting God. out everywhere. But um uh, Does it make it prettier, too? I, I mean, I guess wrinkled? it makes it less wrinkled. It's just like a flat hole. It's sort of like the headphone jack in the bottom of your iPhone. You know, it's just perfectly smooth and round. Oh, my God. This is so yeah, crazy. Personally, I was fascinated by the butthole Botox and that, you know, that seems to be an entirely... Uh, optional procedure but for tom it wasn't and and so he got some butthole botox they did Uh a surgical dilation they did some work with toys and things to open up the area and he said he can now take a small to average sized penis and Mm. so he's very happy that that area of his sexual health has been restored Hmm. but he's still seeing dr goldstein trying to get back up to wrist size cocks (laughs) which i mean God, God bless you, Tom. <laughs> Ambition. I know that that's what we need in life. To... Everyone has a goal, right? <laughs> I need to look forward to taking bigger things in my butthole. How yeah. often do you even see your own butthole? I have never once in my life seen my own butthole, and but I also don't feel like you don't you feel know, compelled. Even after all this, you had no desire. None. I mean, I kind of want to see what color it is. I guess <laughs> now, now that, that we, you know well, it's an issue, right? Well, now that we like discussed it, and I'm like, I don't know what color my butthole. I mean, I couldn't pick my butthole out of a lineup. <laughs> I definitely couldn't pick my butthole out of a lineup. But I feel no. like, I, you know, I am not <laughs> a human that possesses a vagina, but. You know, I do feel like it might be important for a woman to use a mirror and look at it and go out of her way to see what hers looks like and, you know, to generally explore the area. uh Why do you think that is not important for you? Is it different with a butthole? I, yeah, well, I'm 
tend to be more on the top side of things. So, you know, uh-huh. I don't use it as much. I but, didn't know that about you. Yeah, it's true. You've got and, such a, like, great I mean, ass. I'm mostly just too lazy, if we're being honest. Like, I'm just too lazy to deal with any of it. So, rejuvenated buttholes, welcome to America. I'm embarking on a few current penis experiments. Well, do tell. Um, one is I'm taking a bunch of those dick pills that you can buy at the bodega. Oh, my goodness. And kind of seeing what happens. So I've been working What's on What's even that. in those pills? Who knows? Who are you doing this for? What magazine? Uh, Men's Health. Okay. You should get them to analyze them. That is not a bad idea. They advertise all sorts of claims, including dick growth, longer erections, harder erections, more stamina. Uh, And I have found that um, some of them don't do anything. None of them have improved the size of my penis at all. But But you've also been cryo-freezing your penis. Give your penis some time. (laughs) I know, my poor penis. I'm putting it through hell and back. Uh, But some of them definitely contain something that is similar to Viagra. And that... you get sort of spontaneous erections and you're harder and you you feel a little buzzy. Yeah, it feels like taking Viagra. Have you figured out what ingredient it is that's making it work? Or you just know that some of the pills do I just No, I just know more? that some of the pills I haven't sort of cross-referenced yet. But that is yeah. a very good uh, distinction. Maureen O'Connor, thank you for helping me do my job <laughs> as a journalist. Um, and, and think about these things. So I'm working on dick pills. Um, I've been using the system called the private gym. It's a exercise routine for your pelvic floor muscles, like Kegel exercises. But for men. But for men. And it's basically like you make yourself hard and it's a ring that you put around the end of your dick with a weight on it. And then you lift the weight <laughs> with your dick. Wow. And, yes. So I've You've been, been doing that? I've been doing this for, you do it every other day for about 10 minutes. And there's like videos and you like follow the videos online. Like the weirdest pornos in the world watching a dick go up and down no, while it's, it holds a weight. It's uh, kind of animated. Okay. And you can choose whether, and there's a voice that tells you what to do. And you can pick a boy voice or a girl voice. But of course I picked a boy voice. You know. <laughs> but it's still, it's very clinical. Like I kind of want it to be the super tough guy. Like, Bleh. I know. Or you want it? Squeeze. <laughs> Squeeze. You want your like muscle bound personal trainer to be like one, two, yeah. one Don't more. Give you up. can do it. <laughs> All right, you pathetic, worthless excuse of a human being. Let's get it together. Tie that weight, and in this push, I want you to hold, squeeze, lift, hold, keep holding. Relax. Uh, I haven't started doing this yet, but my next experiment is penis pumps to see. Oh if... my god! Yeah, <clears throat> Brian, I know. My... Wreck your penis. Be careful. I I always talk to a doctor, okay. and you know, and I think that's important to do, like for journalism, and say like, what's this going to do to me, and is it safe, and blah blah blah. Uh-huh. And the doctor usually gives me the all clear. This has been truly wild. Um. 
Thank you so much for coming on the show, Brian. Thank you for having me and my frozen penis and my rejuvenated butthole here. Forever young. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Brian, if people want to find you, how can they find you on the Internet if they want to read these articles? Um, The best way to find me is on Twitter. It's at Brian J. Moylan, M-O-Y-L-A-N. And I post everything there, so you Great. can find them. Yeah, and and I write, when when will these next Men's Health um, the frozen penis article? Here's what happens now. to your penis in a negative 140 degree chamber. That's up now. It's on the website. Penis pumps and dick pills and private gym and all those things should be coming out over the course of the next month or so. Great. So yeah, your dick is really going through some rigors. I mean, we're here, people. We're doing the work for you. (laughs) Service journalism. Yeah, at at its finest. Sex Lives is produced by Afim Shapiro and Alana Milner. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And a big thanks to AC Valdez, the voice of the Kegel Exercises instructor. Thanks, AC. Are you feeling better about yourself? Well, the burn is just starting. Squeeze. Lift. Relax. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.